Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 45 with the amazing coach Nick. Hi, this is Coach Nick, and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I am so happy you are here and you are in for a treat. So before we dive into this episode, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and sign into the Empowerment Notes. That is my weekly newsletter where I support you with empowerment content as well as all the latest updates on the podcast so you are always up to date. I'm very excited to welcome Coach Nick today to the show. His um, other name, his spiritual name is Nakula Das, and he marries the science of sales and influence with spirituality beautifully. He has a unique ability to take complex processes and presents them in a simple, actionable way with actionable steps and has translated into the bottom line results for his students. I'm so happy to have Coach Nick on today. Welcome to Heart Sales Podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Christine. It's a real honor to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited about our interview because you're all about sales and spirituality. So putting these things together and also giving people sales advice on how they can sell for more, which is always a great thing to do. So let us in on how you usually work with people. Yeah, sure. So I, I mean, usually I work with people one-on-one -on -one as my main way I'm working with people right now. I mean, I do have different programs and such, and essentially I teach them um, um, a methodology called the Freedompreneurs Club Blueprint. So I specifically teach a methodology for healers and coaches to generate sales online without using any ads. Um, and the reason that I really like to teach people to sell without using ads is because, you know, it's that old saying of, you know, give a man a fish or teach a man a fish. And I really believe that if you can go and sell without the bells and whistles, without the fancy funnels, and I'm not against ads, I'm not against the fancy funnels. It's not like I'm anti those. I'm just, my purpose is to set people up with the really core foundational skills of selling and really get over any blocks and fears or weird little voices that they may have about selling so that they can go out and create the impact that they're meant to make in the world. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And that's why we're so aligned, right? Because we want people to give their gifts to the world. So right. what do you find that people struggle most with, especially when they are so heart-centered? Yes, when somebody's very heart-centered, uh, there's a few struggles that come up. Is one, Nick, I'm not doing it for the money. Right? I hear this all the time. You know, they literally say that, to, Nick, I love what I'm doing, but I'm not doing it for the money. It's almost like they have to let that be known, right? And I was like, well, that's fine. I just simply give the example of like, look, if I was going to build a house and I said to you, I need some hammers and nails, you wouldn't look at me funny because I need hammers and nails to build the house. You would say, oh, well, that makes sense that you need hammers and nails to build the house. So similarly, if you want to go and make a great impact in the world and the way the world is structured is that you're going to need money to do it. And money is no different than the hammers and nails. It's simply a tool. So I find that the, one of the big struggles is this, this whole money conversation. 
being heart centered, being of service, but then feeling selfish or feeling greedy or somehow it's diminishing what you're doing because you're asking to be paid for it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is not asking for the sale at all. I find a lot of heart centered people want people to buy, but they don't want to ask them to buy. I literally had one person I was talking to, really lovely lady, very sweet lady. And she said to me, uh, I appreciate her honesty. She said, Nick, I don't want to talk to anybody until they've purchased. (laughs) And I started laughing. I said, well, that's cool. I appreciate your honesty. I I don't know how successful you're going to be. Um, at least in the way that I teach is you're going to have to be willing to talk to people and you have to be willing to talk to a lot of people and you're going to have to be able to will to talk to people and have people say, no, thank you. And it's not for me and all that kind of good stuff. And you're going to have to be okay with that. So if you want to go down that road, then I can help you. But if you don't want to talk to anybody until they purchase with you, um, at least I'm not the person for you, but I don't really think that that's the the right attitude to have when you're coming into, uh, into business. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great advice, actually. Like being really clear on what you personally want and then figure out how to put it together. (laughs) That's right, yeah. And, and you know, I think it's important, too, with heart, uh, you know, sometimes with heart-based entrepreneurs as well is uh, we naturally have a tendency because we're service-oriented to want to help everyone. You know, it's like, oh, I can really help this person. What I've learned over time is, like, I'm really good with certain people and at certain scenarios. And... That's why I really focus on healers, coaches, very inspired, very spiritually based entrepreneurs. Um, That's who really resonates with me. If people aren't really into that or they're looking again to, uh, you know, run a bunch of uh, pay-per-click ads and and build out great funnels, all power to you. Again, I'm not anti any of those things and they work, right? Uh, It's just not what I teach. So really learning where am I good? What is my role to play? Where can I really drive results and stay in your lane, stay in that zone? And if somebody comes to you that's not a right fit, refer them on, just let them know. And this way, you never run into scenarios where all of a sudden you feel like, oh, geez, I'm helping this person and I'm really outside of my zone. I'm out, or I've done a disservice to both myself and them because I've now taken their money and I can't deliver my promise. Yeah, yeah, that's, and I think that's such a big and important point, deliver your promise, because you see that over and over again, that, you know, there's a lot promised, but then the delivery comes kind of short, and this is not a good business strategy for the long term. That's exactly it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we were talking about a little bit about what are the struggles or what are the blocks that come up to selling, and you know, one is the fear of someone actually saying yes, right? If I actually have someone say yes to what I do, it means I am then accountable to delivering the promise. And that's where we really got to be solid in what we do. And at the same time, you know, be easy with ourselves. You know, I always say it's always for me, it's always the marriage between, you know, the left and the right or the sun and the moon, the up and the down, the yin and the yang, however you want to say it. It's that marriage between the hardness and softness. We have to, you know, be thick skinned, soft hearted. You're right. You know, we got to be tough. Uh, because the world requires that to us to be tough, to get out there and, and to do activity and at the same time remain soft within our heart and be easy with ourselves. Not everybody that you're going to work with is going to have the same results. 
some people that I work with uh, generate sales within days. It's amazing. Like it's just like, you know, they have a few things that they need. I give it to them and bam, they're generating sales. Other people, it takes maybe a month or two before we get there, right? And that's a couple things. It's where you're starting, right? Again, that's why we, we shouldn't compare. We're all starting at different places. Wherever you're starting, what pieces of the puzzle do you already have in place? What do we still need to put into place? And what little voices do you have going on inside of that mindset that is allowing things to happen quickly or we need to work through a few things as we move forward? Mm -hmm. I love the point that you brought up, the fear of success. What if somebody actually says yes or the fear of yes, I think you said. Um, can we go a little bit deeper in there? Because you're the first guest um, that actually talks about this. So far, we discussed a lot like fear of rejection, the fear of no, what to do. Um, so can you explain a little bit that if an entrepreneur is listening right now, they would actually get the idea and can have a look at themselves to figure out if they, if they really have that fear? Yeah, sure. This, I think this really comes down to self-belief. Mm. And do I know that I can deliver what it is that I'm saying I'm going to deliver? And, you know, especially for coaches, you know, and healers, um, this goes for many different types of entrepreneurs. Uh, sometimes there's a fear that if someone says, yes, I'm now accountable to the work and I'm now accountable to getting this person a result or delivering my promises. And that can be scary. At a very subconscious level, your body is programmed for comfort. I mean, it's really programmed to eat, you know, reproduce and chill out, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. so a lot of people actually, they say, I want to be successful, but at a deep subconscious level, what they really want is to hang out all day and do nothing. Because uh, you can even ask somebody like, oh, what is your goal? It's, well, I'm going to make a lot of money and then I'm going to sit margaritas on the beach and, you know, and, and chill out, right? And it's like, oh, well, that's cool. But if that's your goal, you actually have a, an, a, an opposing goal or a conflicting goal. Because in one hand, you're saying you want to be successful. And on the other hand, you're saying you want to chill out and sit margaritas on the beach all day. Those are actually two different things because let me tell you something, you don't need anything to go sit margaritas on the beach all day, right? You know, right, right, yeah. You just can go do that. So if you want to be successful though, you actually have to be willing to engage yourself in a way that most people, to be quite honest, will not be willing to engage themselves. You have to be able to raise your energy at levels up to a whole different platform. And that's difficult in itself because you're now asking yourself for something more. But that's a beautiful thing. I encourage everybody to take that on because it's going to raise you up to a whole new level of life that may not be available if you just allow that sort of animal instinct of I just want to hang out on the beach all day, take over. So when someone, uh, when you're in a sales scenario and you've got some desires, if you've got a desire to just chill out, you know, you kind of want things to be easy, right? Then you'll hesitate to ask for the sale because it means the work is on the way, 
right? If you have a goal for, uh, if you have a disbelief in your ability to deliver what it is that you say you're going to deliver, you'll also hesitate to ask for the sale because you will not want to get into a scenario where you cannot deliver the promise that's natural. Wow. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And um, I think I can see that that when people really get clear with themselves, is it the fear of rejection or the fear that I might not be able to deliver? Because if it is a gift and they're really talented or they, they have learned something like an amazing skill and they practiced over and over and over again, now they're really good at it. It's kind of hard to understand sometimes that other people would struggle with it so much that no matter how little I'm teaching, for them it's already moving mountains. That's right. I mean, that happens a lot as we're teaching people. Um, you know, for us, for, you know, I'll only speak, I guess, myself. I've been around sales for, for a long time, so selling comes very natural to me. It's just a conversation to me. I don't even consider it like, it's not like, oh, I got to sell today. I just do what I do, right? And that equals sales. And I teach people how to do that. But I realize working with so many different people that it is not natural for everyone. It is not their natural inclination. So it takes a little bit more. And we got to remember that everybody comes again with their own, at their own pace, at their own time, and their own willingness to embrace the process. And sometimes people will open up and embrace it right away, and some people won't. But I always, you know, there's that old sales saying, you know, to get real, like, you know, sort of a classical sales, if they walk on the lot, they're ready to buy, right? You know, this type of thing, right? Yeah, similarly, I really, uh, you know, believe that if, if somebody is connecting with you in your business, uh, they've jumped on a call with you, there's some interest there. They have some interest. So it is your job to figure out what their interest is and mainly what their problem or challenge is and make sure that you are the solution. And if you're the solution, in my opinion, it is your duty to then offer it. Because if you have a solution to someone's problem and you're holding back, you are, you are doing a disservice for that person, for yourself, and for the world as a whole. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that perspective. Um, and it's sometimes a bit difficult to make people understand <laughs> that, that, you know, they kind of not only hurt themselves, but they also hurt the other person by not giving that invitation to work together. That's exactly it. And, you know, I love the word that you use. Uh, I love the word invitation. That is a nice word. I compare it to uh, a, uh, like a waiter at a restaurant. So I used to be a waiter uh, a long time ago at uh, Eastside Mario's. Hey, bada boom, bada bing, if anybody knows that restaurant. <laughs> and, uh, and so let's say there was, a, you know, I'm serving five, six tables. And, uh, you know, my, one of my jobs is to go around and ask that if they want refills on their drinks, their water. Notice my job is only to ask if they want refills. It's not my job to uh, make them want a refill on their drink. So I would go around, let's say I go to table number one and say, hey, you know, uh, would you like, you know, refill on your, your soda or your pop there? Uh, uh, my American friends will say soda. My Canadian friends will say pop. I'm not sure what uh, uh, people say around the world. It'd be interesting. But anyway, so let's say, I say hey, would you like a refill on their drink? And they're going to say, oh, yes. And then I'll give them a refill. And then I'll go to the next table and say, would you like a refill on your drink? 
and they may say, uh, no thanks. And that's it. And then I'll move to the next table. Notice I didn't like cry about it. Oh, they said no. They didn't want to refill. I'm not a worthy server. or I'm not good at my job. Or, you know, some people are doing that, right? Like you're taking it way too personal when someone says no or someone says it's not for me, right? Not everything is for everybody. It's cool. Not everybody wants the refill. And just because they said no to you now doesn't mean 15 minutes from now they're going to get a little thirsty and go, actually, can you uh, refill me up? Right, so that's one thing. You'll notice that the, the, the waiter at the restaurant doesn't doesn't you know cry or or make it a worthiness issue because someone says no, they don't want the refill. The other thing is if I go to table number three and say, hey, would you like a refill? And they say no, thanks. I also don't try to shove it down their throat. What? <laughs> we have the best soda in the world. You know, we we imported this soda specially just for today. You gotta have this soda. It's the best. Hey, see, I don't shove down the refill down their throat either, right? And some of you guys are doing that out there too, you know? Some of you are, when somebody says no to you, it's almost like you get offended, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't want my service, you know? And hey, yeah, your service is good, but again, just because it's good, uh, Mercedes makes an amazing car, but not everybody wants to drive a Mercedes. Some people are happy walking, and it's okay. What you're really looking for is the people who are in the right time and who can value what you do. And once you have that attitude, and this is, uh, uh, this is working without attachment to the results. And I really, this is something I really teach, is work without attachment. Your job is to be the server, meaning go to your tables, go to your people, educate them on what's on the menu, educate them on why it's value, and then let them choose. Mm. That's your job. If you do that every single day, you know, people will say yes. And people will say no, and people will say maybe. <laughs> and then just learn how to deal with those three scenarios, and you're slick. You're ready to go. You'll be generating sales consistently. Yeah, I, I love the analogy with a restaurant and the menu and choosing. And yeah, just it feels so natural, and everybody does it the same way. So people can probably really, really connect um, to that description. Yeah, sales is sales is something that is not a business skill. It's just a life skill. It's a it's a yeah. it's a way of having a conversation. It's mm -hmm. learning to how to have a conversation in a certain way. And actually, we're doing it all the time. I mean, look, if you're listening to this and you're married, you can sell. I mean, to me, there's no bigger sale than, hey, would you like to spend the rest of your life with me? <laughs> right? yeah. you know? I mean, that's a pretty big commitment, right? You know, right? Yeah. So in that way, you know. You sold, right? If you are getting your, if you've got kids and, and you need them to clean up the room or do their homework, guess what? You're selling. Selling is nothing more than influencing. And influencing doesn't mean, uh, sometimes, you know, with heart-centered people, we, find, we, we have this kind of image of sales of that, you know, um, maybe that kind of used car salesperson, say whatever you got to say, you know, to get them to, you know, to sign the deal. Uh, maybe that was uh, existed. That's old school or that's a very particular type of person. That is not sales as a whole, but you know, Hollywood and uh, has done a great job of making that sort of the salesperson. And so we think sales and sometimes often we equate a certain picture. But if you remember that sales is simply just asking and influencing, you'll realize you're doing it all the time. And most importantly, you're doing it with yourself. 
you know, you're selling yourself all the time. Do I get on the yoga mat? Do I not? Do I go to the gym or do I sit on the couch? Do I make those extra calls or make that extra post on social media or do I call it a day? Do I, you know, do I, um, you know, cook that healthy meal or do I, you know, just run to the fast food joint? You see, every decision is a sale. And you're either selling yourself on the highest possibility of that moment or not. If you get good at selling yourself, I mean, if you really want to know the whole secret of sales, it comes down to, can you sell yourself in the highest possibility of every moment? The more that you can sell yourself in the highest possibility of every moment, then naturally you will be better at selling themselves on their highest possibility in every moment. And when you get really good at that, uh, you'll be enrolling people left, right, and center on what you do. So what, what steps could people do to start that journey? Like how does it become natural? Like you just described it. Yeah. It's a, first of all, uh, realize that it's a process and you use the word journey, which, uh, which I really like. It's a journey. So it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, let's compare it to the gym. You go to the gym and, you know, at least for me, you know, I, I, if I go to, I don't go to the gym. I'm more of a yoga guy, but let's say I go, I go to the gym And, uh, you know, I look at some of the buff guys or, you know, and I'm like, all right, you know, they're lifting a hundred pounds. Let me go pick up a hundred pounds. Yeah. Good chances. I'm going to struggle there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I got to go down to the other side of the weight rack and pick up the five pounds and, and start going. Right. And sometimes our, our mind, our ego, whatever you want to call it goes, Oh, I really want to be lifting the hundred pounds with those guys on the other side of the rack. Well, you got to realize that they didn't get there overnight. And so similarly, you're not going to get there overnight. And again, this is why you want to work without attachment to the results. You want to work for the work itself rather than the result of the work. So you really got to learn to love what you're doing or enjoy what you're doing. Maybe love is too much. Sometimes you're not going to love the process, but you got to do it. I know, I think it was Muhammad Ali that said, I love being a world champion. I hate practicing, <laughs> right? Um, Andy Andrews, who's a, a great author and speaker, I heard him uh, speaking and he said, I love being a best-selling author. I hate writing, <laughs> right? So you may love uh, wanting to have the, the income or making the impact, but you might not like the whole process. Hey, such is life. You know, you're not going to like everything, but you know, these are things that we got to do. So, First thing is just accept that it's going to be a process. Focus on the activities more than the results. When you, when you celebrate the activities more than the results, then you'll realize that success comes down to doing a, a few things every single day really well. Okay? So figure out what those few things are. So I'm going to make another analogy. I'm going to make a basketball analogy. Now, I am not a basketball player. So if you're listening to basketball and you're like, that is so off. You just get the point, okay? So when I look at basketball, and I really like the sport of basketball. I can't play it to save my life, but I like watching. I like watching it. I think it's a really cool sport. And uh, I see three basic skills. The first skill is you got to know how to dribble the ball. The second skill is you got to know how to take a shot or make a layup. And the third skill is you got to know what to do when, you know, after the shot is taken. So how to rebound or set yourself up for the next shot. All right, why this analogy? There's three basic skills to learn when generating sales. Dribbling the ball is having conversations. Now, I can't just dribble the ball at my end of the court. I have to learn how to dribble the ball and move from my end of the court to the other person's end of the court. 
Similarly, you have to have conversations where you move that. You're not just talking about the weather, but you're getting on a call or you're having a conversation with someone. You got to learn how to move from one end of the court, meaning, hey, how's it going, to a meaningful conversation about what it is, what their challenges are, and how you might possibly be able to help them. That's learning to dribble the ball. So the first skill to learn, the first thing, is start to get good at conversations. And I know you've had Bob Berg on this show. Yeah. And Bob Berg has a book called, oh my goodness, The, the Go Giver. The Go-Giver. Yes. Beautiful book. Very nice book. Highly recommend it. You know, and uh, you know, he's got a lot of great advice about conversation. So the first thing is actually conversation is a skill. Start to enhance your conversational skills. And if you need help with that, go get help with that. Then the second skill is learning to take the shot. Well, learning to take the shot in our world as salespeople is learning to ask the question that takes the next step. There's basically, in my world, there's two shots I'm going to take. The first shot is, hey, would you like to jump on a call with me to learn more about what it is that I do or how I could be of service to you? Then the second shot is, would you like to sign up? You know, it's that closing question. Asking for the sale. You got to take the shot. Remember that in basketball, uh, they may hit three or four out of 10 shots. I mean, I know the analogy in baseball is if you hit one out of 10, I think you can get a contract. If you hit two out of 10, you can make a million dollars. And if you hit three out of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. You know, Babe Ruth would hit three out of 10. It means he missed seven times. And everybody was fine with it. Totally. He was a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was, you know, he's gone down as one of the greatest of all time, right? Because he hit uh, three out of 10. So we have to be able to do that as well. And then just lastly, we got to know what to do when we rebound. When they say yes, how do you set up and deliver the service, earn the testimonial? When they say no, how do you handle some of those objections? If they say maybe, how do you take that next? If you learn how to do those three things and you allow yourself the time to learn it, you're going to do really well. Awesome. Well, that is such brilliant advice. Thank you so much, Coach Nick. And people can actually find you at coachnickspeaks.com. I just love the word freedompreneur. And Nick has shown us in such a beautiful way why you need to ask your price and what might be holding you back. So I hope you got out a lot of this episode. For all the updates, for amazing free content, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and sign up for the empowerment notes. That is my weekly newsletter where you have the opportunity to get amazing content that I might not share somewhere else, plus all the podcast newest episodes. Have an amazing day wherever you are in this beautiful world. Tune in for the next episode and bye for now. Mm -hmm.